It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun. It's our weekly podcast featuring in-depth interviews with experts from AccuWeather and from around the world. Bringing you behind-the-scenes information, stories, and news on the weather, climate change, and the outdoors. Covering topics from the worlds of science, sports, and space. It's all the information you need to weatherproof your life. And now, here's the host of Everything Under the Sun, AccuWeather meteorologist, Dean DeVore. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome into Episode 5 of our Winter Series, covering 2021 and 2022 here on Everything Under the Sun. Good to be with you after uh, celebrating the New Year in Florida. Come back to Pennsylvania, greeted by extremely cold temperatures. And folks in the mid-Atlantic states were treated to an unprecedented event that left hundreds stranded for dozens of hours on I-95 in Virginia, And then we had another event uh, a little bit later in the week on Tuesday morning that stranded drivers for at least a couple of hours in situations in and around the New York City area with some iciness. And as this podcast drops on Thursday night into Friday morning, another system coming up along the I-95 corridor will cause problems for folks in New York and Boston on a Friday morning commute. As winter rages on, lots of stories to talk about. Coming up in this episode of Everything Under the Sun, our first race of focus. Initially, I was going to have our vice president of forecast operations and also our chief meteorologist Jonathan Porter on to talk about the AccuWeather real fuel factor. But so many other things have come into play, including those disasters that unfolded in Virginia early in the week and midweek out north and west of New York City. Wanted to talk about the impacts of that, the responsibilities of forecasters and government and people to work together to make sure those kinds of things don't happen again. Jonathan Porter joins me. This week on Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. And here we are talking with John Porter. And and John, it's great to be with you. Happy New Year, my friend. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, the last couple of weeks since we've uh, talked, so much has gone on. And the big shift here has been the storminess that was plaguing the western part of the country. And then as our long-term forecasters talked about and they've been talking about this flip for uh, a month or two now that we were going to get into the early part of january and then that storminess would take a turn into the midwest the great lakes and uh, then into new england in the northeast and then even as far south as the mid-atlantic and that's all come to fruition here in the last week so John, I wanted to spend some time with you on a, on a couple of fronts. Um, one, when we talked about it initially, it was to plan on talking about our AccuWeather Real Fuel Index and how important that is to people in, in their planning. And I want to do that, but I, I want to get up front with some of these hot button issues that have just popped up in the last week. And it really centers around actually two situations this week that cropped up. The first one that is making a lot of press 
obviously, and, and certainly is the folks that spend upwards of 40 hours trapped on Virginia interstates as they were still waking, making their way home from the holiday and uh, just that amazing story of what happened there. And then just uh, recently on Tuesday morning, the, the uh, situation we had in the New York City area where ice and ice skating rink all the way from uh, Jersey up through the Hudson Valley into Connecticut. It was uh, people spent a couple of hours stuck in places. So these are issues that I wanted to talk to you a little bit about because of uh, the responsibility that we have as people who are disseminating weather information and trying to prepare and protect as the AccuWeather tenant has always been to save lives and to protect property. But also then that, that fine line of how the communication needs to happen, how people need to understand what they're being told, and then how people need to start to act on that in a more responsible fashion rather than thinking just pushing the four-wheel drive button mm. on their car mm. or vehicle mm. is going to protect them from any winter weather. I've set you up, my friend. You have the floor. Well, Dean, happy new year to you as well. There's a lot to unpack there. Yes, we'll get into we'll get into Let's all of that. Uh, you and I have been on the front lines of the communications of how uh, significant these winter storms uh, will be across the East. And it's really, as you mentioned, it's the change that our long range team had been highlighting for many weeks in advance. The fact that even though the winter on balance has been mild and is going to be mild in the East, that at times that cold air can surge in. Um, and when you get the right timing of storm systems coming along, that combination of fresh new cold air and the storm systems can deliver big impacts. And that's what we saw in DC and middle Atlantic uh, states on Monday. And that's what we're going to see across a wide area from Tennessee to the mid-Atlantic all the way up into the Northeast with our latest storm system. Now, Dean, you mentioned about the impacts that we've seen on roads. And uh, I want to stress that that was such a serious situation that we saw on Interstate 95 uh, between Richmond and Washington, DC. And we've seen many highway chaotic scenes like that yeah. before in winter weather. But I don't know if we've seen it with that many vehicles in that long of a period of time. And people, uh, we have to think for a minute, think about what it would have been like to be in a car and stuck on that road. The fear, the anxiety that people would have felt. That's something you talk about, Dean, a lot of times is putting ourselves in the mindset of people that are experiencing a situation like that and how serious that was. And the thing that is so problematic about it is that it was completely preventable. The uh, right. forecast from AccuWeather more than 24 hours in advance, we're talking about not only six to 10 inches of snow, by the way, that was a bold forecast. Yes. Other sources were only forecasting a couple of inches. Our team was very concerned that heavier snow bands would set up right in the DC area on Monday. That's exactly what happened. Not only that, we were also highlighting the risk, even more important than the total amount, was the how fast the snow would come down between one and three inches per hour, timed at the heart of the morning commute on the first commute back after the holidays in a time period where DC has not had snow, significant snow this year yet, right. or back to January 2019. So we saw fact all these factors conspiring together. And that's why we use some of the strongest language we've ever used during a winter storm in terms of the snow rate. We said in our free AccuWeather app and on our AccuWeather.com website and on AccuWeather Network, 
Travel conditions would rapidly deteriorate with low visibility and slippery travel on Monday. We said highway chaos may ensue. And unfortunately, that's exactly what, what has happened. A reporter asked me, good question. I was talking to a reporter from The Hill a little while ago about this. We've had a lot of good discussions with uh, media about this situation. And the reporter asked me, how did you know that might happen? And I said it was those factors in our experience seeing these situations happen before. Dean, you and I have been at AccuWeather a long time. We've right. seen a lot of winter storms. One of the things that impresses me the most is it is so much about that snow rate, how fast it's coming down, because when you it know, gets to let, one let, to three inches per hour, that's harder to keep up with. Let's let's talk about that, because I think because of the way meteorology meteorologists and meteorology companies and entities have tried to set themselves apart in terms of accuracy is about amount. What I know you and I get frustrated about is amount is one factor when we're talking about snowfall. And sometimes it can be totally opposite of what you think. I've seen some of the worst traffic scenarios in some of my major markets that I cover with a dusting to an inch of snow in 10 to 15 degrees in places like Chicago and Detroit. And we see it all the time in northwestern Pennsylvania, just out of our uh, northwest window here at AccuWeather, where that terrain and those uh, extremely cold temperatures, and then it becomes a sheet of ice with just an inch of snow. Meanwhile, you know, people get so enamored with the big amounts. Now, the big amounts, the, the 10, 20 inch snowfalls, yeah. those are yeah. those are paralyzing amounts for a number of hours to a day or two. We understand that. And people have to understand that sometimes you just can't get out of that. But but it's the other factors. Uh, what type of snow is it? That cold, dry, slippery snow? Or is it wet, slushy, and messy snow? Is it a big dump? Is it the rain? Is the snowfall rates two to three, four inches of hour where you can't see no matter what the temperature is, that road surface, because it's snow, it's ice falling on top of a 33 degree road will become a 32, 31 degree road quickly because Quick. you're putting ice on it. Right. Exactly. So, you know, it's all these factors that we as a company have come to know because we understand the multifaceted factors, which is why we created the real field. But we'll get to that in a bit. Um, but but this is the thing that frustrates us. I know you and me, John, and we're, and I think we need to find better ways to communicate all of that to people so they understand. But at some point, isn't it up to the person to understand, as I said in the open, that when you have us telling you that there's the potential for this, you have to take it seriously, John. Yeah, yes, that's, that's right. And I think it's about making those um, what I call high-end events, those really impactful and dangerous situations Sometimes I say on TV when I'm doing different in different severe weather events, I sometimes say um, we ask people one or two or three times a year in any particular place to really take action based on the weather. And today is one of those days. And we and, and that and one of those days was Monday across the D.C. area, which is why we use the urgent messaging um, that we did. And in those situations, it's really important for people. We know that you have to travel for a lot of reasons. and all kinds of different reasons for work, for personal reasons that, that, that it's, it's very important to get where you need to go. And we want to help you get there as quickly and safely as possible. But every once in a while, the decision probably ha has to be made of this isn't worth 
being out there in those types of situations and just understanding and being a little more proactive about that can really go a long way on those kinds of days. The other thing I would say too, Dean, is as a country, we've got to say, and I, I tweeted about this last night, I said, this is our moment to say, we can't have this happen anymore. We can't let our fellow residents be stuck in those kinds of dangerous situations, life-threatening conditions for 40 hours, as you said, given the way that we can forecast and communicate about the weather, we can't let that happen again. So that is going to beg some creative solutions from governments and businesses and people, as you said, to work together to say, we can't do that again. And there's questions about why wasn't I-95 proactively closed? We said there was going to be one to three inches per hour coming right at the heart of the of the commuter. All it takes is what it appears happened in this case, one tractor trailer truck to jackknife, right. and then you can't get plows to where they need to be, and you could create all these other situations. And then also, are there additional rules that are needed or procedures related to commercial truck traffic during snow events? That's been controversial in various states. Well, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even limit that to snow events. I mean, high wind events or or torrential rain events. But then here we are, John, in a a time when all that we see in headlines is supply chain issues and and growing lack of patience for empty store shelves. And so. Uh, you're, you're right. I think this is a time for us to think about this, but this has a lot of deeper questions, too, uh, because this kind of situation isn't going away. In fact, we have one of these potentially dangerous situations for a corridor up into the northeast here as this podcast drops overnight Thursday into Friday morning. There's going to be snow. Again, it doesn't look like a ton but it's the timing and the temperature. And we'll talk about that towards the end of our podcast here. As we talk with John Porter, our senior vice president and chief meteorologist here on everything under the sun, um, we're, we're talking about these hot button issues right now. And, you know, John, I want to talk a little bit about the AccuWeather the real feel factor, because it's going to become exceedingly important as this uh, cold air just really pours in again over the Great Lakes and the, and the Northeast. Um, the AccuWeather the real feel factor is, is is again a, kind of the ingenuity of AccuWeather of taking a lot of information and trying to distill it down into things that people can understand and and give them an one single reference point rather than you know the, the waters are kind of muddied in when you talk about wind chill which is only temperature and wind and you talk about heat index which is only temperature and humidity there's so many other factors as we all know about uh, the difference between a damp, cold day versus a cold, dry, sunny day. There's differences in real feel being in the sun and the shade. So these are all things that a long time ago, very smart people at AccuWeather decided we needed to put this together into one situation that people could understand. It, it's And it's a remarkable thing how it holds up from summer to winter and how it's it's really finely tuned and, and can keep you in the idea of how to be comfortable, which is something that we try to do here at AccuWeather. Yeah, that's that's a great point. This is uh, this is one of my favorite AccuWeather tools. And uh, when I'm talking with people about AccuWeather, this is something that we constantly get positive feedback about. It's such a great tool that people find so handy because, Dean, as you mentioned, it is a strong science and technology backbone to it. And it integrates many, many factors about uh, about how it actually feels outside 
way beyond just uh, the temperature and the wind speed, by the way, which doesn't even take into account gusts when you look at the um, the wind chill uh, number that's out there. This uh, is the only index that takes into account actually what it feels like in the sun and takes the sun into account in terms of both during the winter and then also importantly, when we're talking about uh, the uh, summer conditions as well. So as you said, it stands up in all kinds of different weather situations. We put it prominently on the AccuWeather.com website, the AccuWeather mobile app, and the AccuWeather network for free. So people can understand what is it really going to feel like outside? And as you said, can better plan what they're going to wear. There are so many days, and I find this, you know, my wife and I have a, a two-year-old daughter and she loves to go outside and, and in all kinds of different weather conditions. And so we're always using that as, as a um, tool to figure out how we need to dress her to make sure that she's comfortable and safe, as you said. And one of the other things I want to point out about this is that there's so many days that you would think one thing by just looking at the temperature right. and looking outside. But then when you see the AccuWeather real feel, it's a wake up call when there's a big difference, mm. a big difference between the air temperature and that real feel. That's a um, an indication that you really need to be prepared for different conditions outside. This was uh, created in the 1990s by some of the pillars of our company. I mean, when I read this list of names, especially those of you who have grown up uh, as I did in an AccuWeather Media Market, uh, I know these names. Joel Myers, our CEO and founder. Mike Steinberg, who uh, for years was uh, very involved in, in all of the uh, ways to put a better forecast together behind the scenes. Dr. Joe Sobel and Elliot Abrams and Evan Myers, who all spent lots of time on AccuWeather Radio and TV entities and uh, certainly were faces and voices for AccuWeather in its founding year. So um, that kind of combination between science and the ability to uh, forecast and also the ability to communicate all hallmarks of those people and I think it comes to bear in this amazing and, you know, some of our great radio stations that I'm on and we're early adopters, 1010 Winds loves AccuWeather with a real feel and prominently talk about it, uh, especially when that difference is 10 degrees, because it, it's a big difference. The wind or lack of sun or the intense sun with a windless day can all uh, create different things. Uh, and then the nice thing is then we can tell you uh, within, you know, hour each hour what that real feel is so you can plan as you go through your day or plan how to pack if you look at the real feels going forward so really good stuff jonathan and um something that uh, we can be proud of as we are about our forecast team is going to be challenged again john here as we kind of focus now as we do normally at the end of the podcast i do a weather for the weekend and the week beyond and i'd like to kind of talk about this scenario that we're seeing unfolding here as this podcast drops late thursday night into friday morning and into the weekend another system coming into the northeast that again i think bears watching i think these kinds of low pressure areas that are kind of rambling through uh, the, the mid-Atlantic and then start to make that turn up the coast. I'm always worried about mm, uh, mm. slowing and deepening. We see it often. It's not everyone, John, but it's often enough now in, in these cycles and kind of think we're due for one in my mind here. And that's the pattern in me, forecaster. How does the modeling look here as we record this on a midday, late day Thursday? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. Obviously, we're talking about the uh, the significant impact uh, snowstorm here across uh, the mid-Atlantic states, uh, up into the north to New York City and and New England, as we talked about, and especially on Friday morning, right. that snow could be coming down at a good clip here 
across southern New England, Boston, parts of Rhode Island, and in, and uh, where I'm from across uh, eastern Connecticut, uh, we could be dealing with, once again, snow rates of one to two inches per hour for a time. Uh, and that's always a concern in terms of having a, a big problem for roads and for the commute. So especially, that's going to be an issue. Right. Especially with the temperature that we're expecting at that time and mm-hmm. also the the timing of the day. I mean, it's right in the, you know, even if the sun's coming up a little bit, it's lowest sun angle of the day. I think, you know, there's still a chance some of the shore points start as a little rain mixed in, I think, along the uh, the coast of uh, New England there, the south coast of Massachusetts over to the Cape and the islands. They could have some pretty strong rain, but just wraps around that cold air like we see so often. And and I know sometimes the models don't put out as much snow, you know, at the at the ending of these storms. But with that wind and then the colder temperatures, even a little bit of light snow continues without treatment to to really keep the roads at at a problem here later on in the storm even after that initial thump is over maybe for new york probably by mid-morning commute into the uh, late part of the morning into the afternoon but then longer obviously as you go farther up the coast towards boston yeah that's right and and i also don't want to lose track of obviously that's going to be a major storm on a big impact. We're also concerned about some ice across the interior uh, northeast here as we make our way from uh, Sunday, Sunday night into Monday in some places. So um, that's going to be one to keep track of the AccuWeather app on uh, because a little bit of ice, as we saw in southern New England, you talked about that um, just this week, a little bit of ice can be a real problem from a a road perspective. So that can quickly turn roads into Uh, sheets of ice. And uh, there is concern about uh, another round of ice here as we head toward late in the weekend and early next week across, especially the interior Northeast. Uh, So that's also a big concern here out ahead of the next system. Right. And then uh, it looks like, uh, again, the, uh, the, the warmth surges in the West, Um, some burgeons maybe in the the four corners area later on as we get in the middle of next week. But uh, Behind that the little push of uh, iciness, there's another blast of cold air. First half of next week looks pretty darn cold in the Northeast again. So after being treated to such mild weather in December, January's off to a pretty cold start here, uh, the new year. But it does look like after a week or so, John, the, the models do kind of ease out and kind of give the East a little reprieve and start to make things a little bit more active in the West again. That's uh, that is the general theme that we see. And that boy, that uh, cold shot, Dean, that you talked about uh, behind that storm system early next week, that looks pretty impressive. That's going to yeah, be cold. Uh, right. I mean, we just got to 19 for the first time this uh, below 20 for the first time in Central Park this week. Uh, it looks like there might be a couple of nights where they could be down into the teens in, in New York City and Boston for sure. Being real cold, too. So, yeah, that's a that's an impressive deep push of cold air here coming next week. And as we've talked about, although we have been expecting the uh, uh, the winter to be mild on average across the east, uh, especially at those transition times when you're going behind, between fresh arrival of cold air and uh, warmth to the south, that's a recipe. Whenever you set up that contrast in air masses, that's you were talking about, Dean, that's a recipe for more storms. So during those transition time periods, that's when we got to be extra careful of of uh, the potential for storms to develop. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking ahead there. And with that, I would say watch out for midweek next week. I would think that something looks a little crazy to me along the coast that there doesn't look like uh, it 
could be quiet. So, uh, you know, with that last push of cold air, sometimes you can spin something up at the base of it, as we've seen. And sometimes the models lately haven't been picking that up till a little closer to the event this far. Right, right, exactly. All right, well, John, I appreciate the time. I know it's been uh, rewarding again because of AccuWeather's being out front with that forecast. Um, And and we were talking about iciness uh, north and west of the city, uh, New York City, going into that event the other day. I think we've had a pretty good handle on this storm as it's unfolding uh, as we drop this here through uh, places like uh, tonight, uh, overnight on Thursday night into Friday morning up into the Northeast. And uh, I know you're proud of our folks for for really continuing to uh, take the lead in these forecasts, especially trying to keep people prepared. Um, We've had too many tragic situations weather-wise, and we want to do everything we can to prevent that. And I think... uh, our folks are, are at the forefront of that and are working hard. And it's it sometimes it feels like a thankless task, right, in this whole scenario. And I think uh, I appreciate what you and our team has done to, to, to encourage uh, all the good work that we've been doing. Well, thank you, Dean. And you've been on the front lines of this communication uh, in, in many ways in, on these recent events. And I am, as you said, I am so proud of our team. It's so f- interesting in these situations, the expertise that we have, we have 100, over 125 meteorologists here at AccuWeather and watching the passion of our team to get it right in every single community, not only get it right, but also to describe it in a way that helps people make the best decisions and enhance their safety. We got into this field because we love the weather, but we also love helping people. Yes, sir. And it's just fun. It's It's always really invigorating to see the the excitement and the passion. We get these big weather events for people to think about creatively all the different ways we could message and get information out there to help people. And at the end of the day, that's what we're here to do. That's our mission. And um, these kinds of weather situations offer us the opportunity to do that. They're long days, but um, we know it has a very positive impact to people and businesses and enhancing safety, reducing risk, and just helping people be better prepared. And that's what we're here to do. Senior Vice President for Weather Content and Forecast Operations and our Chief Meteorologist, John Porter, joining us on Everything Under the Sun. One quick thing about the AccuWeather Real Field Temperature. We have a a great tool at AccuWeather that uh, helps you kind of understand in worded form what those individual temperatures may mean to you in terms of your comfort and how you should dress. Uh, We call it the AccuWeather Real Field Index, and we're going to provide a link to that in our notes section where you can go to it. But it's really handy. It tells you when it's uh, chilly or very cold. Uh, or warm or hot, uh, it gives you those ranges. So it kind of really tells you about what to expect in terms of the effects of those temperatures and those temperatures and kind of gives a a worded meaning to those numbers is I think uh, what, again, what we try to do here at AccuWeather is put context into the forecast and give you uh, more information, add value to just the raw numbers and uh, those digits, which sometimes, as we said, especially real feel or even in the amount of snowfall, don't always tell the full story. We'll continue to tell the full story here with our AccuWeather Everything Under the Sun podcast with our next episode, episode six, next week of our winter series when we continue to explore that nexus where the weather meets your life. For all of us at AccuWeather, our hundreds of team members who work so hard every day to keep you weatherproofed, weatherproof your life, and keep you up to date and protect your lives and property. 
I'm Dean DeVore, so proud to work with our executive producers, Ken Prell and Andrew Rahm. Friends, that'll do it for Episode 5 of the Winter Series of 2021 and 2022. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review Everything Under the Sun on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And of course, if you have an idea for a future podcast, just email us at accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com.